Hello and welcome to the Curious Choice Leader podcast. I'm your host, Becca Prado, and it's time to step into your leadership one curious choice at a time. You're brilliant at what you do and you want to keep doing it, but your success means that you have a bigger role and a team to go with it. Suddenly, you're facing a new challenge, leadership, and it's a challenge that keeps changing and evolving and growing with you. This show is dedicated to helping experts like you become the leader you want to be, to create working worlds that work for you, your business and everyone connected with it, whether it's your own business or someone else's. This first season is all about leading change. In an increasingly uncertain world, one of our few certainties is that we're going to have to lead change. We're going to get curious about change itself, about our experiences with change, and see what lessons we can learn, and then make choices about how we apply them to the next set of changes we need to make. In the last episode, we started to look at how we can lead our teams through the change curve. We looked at the things that we need to do through the whole process, and in this episode, we're going to break it down further and look at the things we need to do at the different stages of change. So are you ready? It's time to get curious and make some choices. About the only certainty we have in our working worlds at the moment is that we're going to be operating amid rolling waves of change for the foreseeable future. To simplify things for now, we're going to look at what we need to do at the different phases of the change process, thinking about just one change at a time. In reality, we may well be leading multiple changes, which are at different points in their own change processes. But if we have the right building blocks, we can assemble them as we need them for our particular situations. This episode builds on the last two. So if you haven't listened to them yet, you might want to go back and fill in some gaps, but you don't have to do that right this second. And I promise not all our episodes will build on the ones that have gone before. In episode two, we looked at the lopsided smile that is the Kubler-Ross change curve with its five phases of denial, anger, depression, bargaining and acceptance. As we lead our teams from the initial panic that comes during the denial and anger phase and back to performance that comes once change has been accepted, we need to adjust the focus of what we do. We need to keep being the leader and doing all the things leaders do, but what changes through the process is what we focus our energy and our efforts on. We need to change our expectations of what we're looking to achieve with our teams as they go through the change process. Expecting peak performance, or even anywhere near that from your team after you've announced a big change, is just not realistic and will actually slow down how you get back to being a high-performing team. Our brains all only have so much working capacity. And change will take up some of that. The bigger the change, the more room it'll take up, leaving less capacity for everything else. So our goal when we're going through change should be to get people to move through the process as effectively as possible to get back to being productive. The five stages of the change curve can be split into three sections to guide what we need to do as leaders. The initial ice cream brain stage, made up of denial and the initial anger. The messy middle, which takes us from there, through depression and the early stages of bargaining, and then getting things working as we fine-tune the bargaining and start to accept the changes as our new normal. We need a different focus at each stage, so let's take a look at them one by one and see what we need to do. The first phase of change is what I call the ice cream brain phase. To some degree, no matter how much change you've been through before, at this stage you're going to find yourself unable to think as clearly as you normally do. And it's going to be a bit like when you get brain freeze from eating too much ice cream. You literally can't think about anything other than how much it hurts and that you have to remember to even do the basics like breathing. Once you've caught your breath, when you look around at how you and your team are behaving, you're going to notice a wide range of things. From hyperproductivity, as people channel the adrenaline caused by the changes into doing anything and everything possible, usually to try and keep things going as normal. 
to those who shut down totally and refuse to acknowledge that there's even a possibility that change might be on its way. When these behaviours aren't what you're used to seeing in yourself or your team, they're signs that you're still denying that change is happening. As people start to move beyond that denial, you're also going to see that anger and frustration start to build. So in this phase, our goal is to get people to acknowledge that things are changing. We know that people are naturally resistant to change and just telling them once isn't going to be enough. We need to be explaining to people what's changing and why, and we need to keep talking about it consistently, even when we think it's been said way too many times. People will hear the message at different times, depending on when the ice cream brain freeze melts for them. The more complex the change, the more you're going to have to keep re-explaining it. We also need to talk about what's stayed the same. If you think about a spot the difference picture puzzle, there are always more things that have stayed the same than have changed. It may not feel that way to people when they're going through change, and it's our job to remind them of it as it gives us a life raft to hold on to as we navigate whatever the changes are. Even in the unprecedented levels of change that we experienced as the coronavirus lockdowns were introduced, there were lots of things that stayed the same for our businesses who our businesses served, what we delivered for our clients, and importantly, our company's mission. Often, our core business processes stayed the same too. It's just where we were when we executed them that changed. It can be a very powerful exercise to list things that aren't changing when it feels like the change is overwhelming. We and other people are going to be feeling a sense of loss, even if the changes are positive. If you think about a time where you moved house or bought a new and exciting car, the chances are part of you felt sad as you missed something about the old house or the old car. Acknowledge what is being lost and keep reminding people about where these changes are taking you. Be authentic and human and make time to really listen to the people around you. Make sure they feel understood and that they know you're there for them. When people are feeling a bit lost, as they often are in this stage of any change, building a sense of connection and community is really important. As a leader, we can create opportunities to connect, even in this remote working world we now find ourselves in. I've seen lots of great examples recently, things like virtual coffee areas, daily check-ins, calls just to say hello, sharing stories as a team, maybe meeting in fancy dress. You know your team, so do what works for them and be ready to try ideas they suggest. You're going to have to make a very conscious effort to up the time you spend communicating with your team and making sure that that communication is two-way. Next, people will enter the messy middle of change, but just to make it even more complex for you, they won't all do it at the same time. Luckily, some of the things you need to do to help people stay the same. You need to keep talking about what's changing and why. The pull to go back to how things were will be really strong. Try thinking of the past as a big piece of elastic. Initially, you pulled it and it stretched. But what you do next will determine what happens to that elastic. If you let go, it'll just ping back into shape. Or if you hold on, you can keep it stretched. Early on, the elastic will go back to shape really easily, and it's going to take a while and continued pulling to get it to stay stretched and then to eventually snap. The feeling of community and being connected that you're creating will help people pull together on that giant piece of elastic. Our aim in this messy middle stage is to allow people to process the change. It's going to feel confusing and quite possibly unsettling for people. It can be tempting to rush people through this stage, but that's counterproductive. We don't want to stay here for any longer than we need, but it's important that we take the time for people to internalise the changes and to work out what it really means for them. If we don't, all that happens is the elastic gets mended and the pullback to the previous way of doing things gets stronger. And the results of that can be devastating. After all, there were reasons you introduced the changes in the first place. There was one department in a large multinational company I worked with who experienced this. Their company was restructuring and they needed to reduce their costs and their headcounts. 
They introduced the changes, made a few tweaks on how they were organised, and then what they did was skip the middle stage of change and just went back to work. As a result, people were overloaded with work as they didn't stop anything they had been doing and just added new things on top. They didn't understand the changes, and the department ended up bigger and more costly than when they started. That's when I was called in. It made the next round of changes much harder for people, more jobs had to go, and they were under more pressure from the organisation, and there were more barriers to change to overcome for people. During the messy middle, people are going to have a lot of questions. And even though it may feel like you're surrounded by young kids who keep asking you why for hours and hours, it's a good sign. It's a sign that they're starting to process the change. Being patient and taking time to listen is really important while people are navigating their way through this messy middle. It can be very tempting to make promises you can't keep to make them feel better but this is going to do more harm than good in the long run. Be honest about what you know and what you don't know. The trust you build with people now will make all the difference in the next stages of change. And that final phase is building productivity and things are starting to feel more normal. We can break those final strands of elastic and work in the new way. Our aim at this point is to get things working well again. They won't be perfect right away and we need to be honest with our teams about that. We know people do what they see us do rather than what they hear us telling them to do. And as leaders, what we do gets noticed more than for anyone else. So we need to be really strict on ourselves about doing things in the new way. There have been some very striking examples in the media of country leaders telling everyone they need to wear face coverings post-COVID and then not doing it themselves or visiting factories where they're mandatory and not following the rules. And when we are that leader, how can we expect others to do things in the new way when we won't? Leading by example matters even more than normal as we come out of making changes. But we are human, so when and if we slip up, we need to call ourselves out on it, admit it and tell people how we're putting it right. How we demonstrate working in a post-change world is only one of the ways we can remind people about the new world and keep them engaged in it. Adding visible signs that things have changed is very powerful too. Maybe it's renaming some of your meetings. Maybe it's putting up posters or redecorating your workspaces if you still share them. Maybe it's the virtual equivalent like new templates, new screensavers, new video call backgrounds. You'll know what's going to work and be appropriate in your environment. As you and the team work through the fine details of how you're going to work and perform as a team going forward, you get to what I think is the most exciting part of any change programme. The part where people start to come up with ideas about how you can make things even better. If as a leader you're able to encourage this, you'll be able to engage the whole team in accelerating your performance and truly delivering the vision you've been describing. So to conclude, in this episode we've talked about how when we're leading change we need to keep doing the things we'd normally do as leaders, but change what we focus on within that. We've talked about how we need to put additional emphasis on different things as we move through the change process, and we split that process into three main phases. The ice cream brain phase, where our aim is to get people to accept that change is happening. The messy middle, which is all about getting people to process the changes and answering the questions that they have to the best of our ability. And finally, the building productivity phase, where we focus on making the new reality work. The things I share in this podcast are based on my experiences, and some will be more relevant to you than others. It's up to you to decide what you take and apply from this podcast. That's what being a curious choice leader is all about, getting curious and building our understanding, then evaluating what we find and making our choices about what's right for us and our business. And the questions I'd like to leave you with from this episode are, if you think about any changes you're leading at the moment, which phase are you in and are you focusing on the right things? 
If you enjoyed the show and found it valuable, I'd love it if you'd subscribe and then rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. When you rate and review the show, you help more people find it and step into their leadership one curious choice at a time. You can find the show and all the episodes and show notes, as well as more information on becoming a Curious Choice Leader by visiting thecuriouschoiceleader.com. Thank you for listening and I look forward to talking to you next time.